Today's show is sponsored by the New Orleans Bourbon Festival. Come take in everything the Big Easy has to offer while participating in one of the top bourbon events in the world in New Orleans, Louisiana, March 20th to 23rd, 2019. Get your tickets now at neworleansbourbonfestival.com. We are also sponsored by the New Orleans Bourbon Festival. Come take in everything the Big Easy has to offer while participating in one of the top bourbon events in the world in New Orleans, Louisiana, March 20th to 23rd, 2019. Get your tickets now at neworleansbourbonfestival.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bonded and Bourbon. Armand is here with the lovely Samara right next to me. Yeah. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well, baby. I'm warm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is so late. We cannot start the show off by saying we're warm and we know the rest of the country is like negative 50 degrees. Like, that's such a slap in the face. Well, hopefully, if you are in a place where you are listening to this podcast, it is a warm place. And yes. you are warm as well. We hope you are by the fire, have a couple candles burning, or bundled up in a jacket or a blanket or a hat or, or something. Or you just have your thermostat on 78. Right. Like you keep this house. Like me. Yeah, like all good, sensible people do. No, the bill. Well, it's 78 in the winter. It's also 78 in the it summer. It's humid <laughs> and hot in this house, you guys. I've been sweating my tail off since I've... Since I flew in. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice and warm. Uh, we were supposed to be snowed in. We're supposed to be snowed in. But that didn't happen. Mm-mm. And people seem to be really disappointed that it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Which I I think that's kind of messed up because it really could have happened. And it could have been like a nightmare. It could have been really crazy. But okay, so this is why I'm disappointed because we had plans. So I flew to Atlanta to come essentially pick you up. And then we were going to fly to Tennessee to the Uncle Nearest Distillery. We have all of our stuff all ready to be packed up. And in the middle of the night, we get the call that says, nope, the snowstorm is coming to town. Cancel the flight, cancel the room, cancel the rental car. We're just going to cancel the tour to see Uncle Nearest Distillery in Tennessee. So we cancel and thinking, oh my goodness, Snowmageddon is coming. What? Tuesday morning comes. And it's raining. For 15 minutes. And then what happened? And then the sun came out. (laughs) The sun came out. We didn't even see snow. We didn't even see ice or sleet or hail. We saw a mini shower in the sun. And then Samar proceeds to sit on the sofa and scowl. All day long. All day long. Yeah. About the fact that it is not Snowmageddon. Right. As a survivor of the actual Snowmageddon. Let me get you a t-shirt. Which took place four years ago to the day of 
the non-snowmageddon. The no snowmageddon. Oh, the no snowmageddon. <laughs> I was personally relieved that it did not happen. It took me nine hours to get home on the day of snowmageddon, and I almost lost my life on at least two occasions. So I was relieved that it was not as bad as they thought it was going to be. And I feel that the city was very prepared. I have no comment. Scowl. Just scowl over here, I mean, guys. As someone who was born and raised in Los Angeles and who, like, doesn't see snow that often, like, where can I see a snowflake? A snowflake. Just to be like, oh, look, snow. No. <laughs> it was like. If I never see snow again, it'll be too soon. Okay. Fine. I, I'm perfectly fine going to my grave, having never seen another snowflake ever again in life. Oh. Growing up in St. Louis. Which is the worst of both worlds when it comes to weather. <laughs> Hotter than Atlanta in the summer. Almost as cold. Not quite. Not but quite almost as cold, as, cold as, Chicago. as Chicago in the winter. No. Chicago got you beat. Yeah. Especially this week. Almost as cold as Chicago in the winter. But hotter than Atlanta in the summer. It's the worst of both worlds. I'm totally fine with um, not seeing snow. Well, you mentioned something very interesting. You mentioned the fact that you're from St. Louis. And that's a great segue into what we're actually tasting two days late on the show this week. I think it's a great segue into it. So you can introduce what it. Doing? What are we tasting? No, you do it. You have Fine. the honor. Since it's from since it's it's not from St. Louis. It's actually, it is. No, it's from Kentucky. No, it's bottled in St. Louis. It was originally from St. Louis, and though. so we're going to learn more about the history. So we yeah. will be tasting today. David Nicholson, 1843. Yeah. And this is really kind of in response. We've got some requests to do uh, some under $30 bourbons. Mm -hmm. And this one here will run you about $29.99. (laughs) See, under $30. (laughs) (laughs) Charles Older would be like, no, you guys need to go down to like the $17, the $18 ones. It's not cheap enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... So we're going to get into that. We're looking forward to it. We're going to dive into that. We're going to take a quick break. Mm-hmm. And when we come back, we'll dive into our tasting notes on uh, David Nicholson, 1843. This is Bonnet and Bourbon. executive bourbon steward can you tell the audience why this training is so invaluable absolutely the reason why this class is approved by the kda is that all the top bars restaurants and distilleries are sending their employees to executive bourbon steward certification at moonshine university there's simply no other course that offers training that is more comprehensive and has a deeper look at bourbon than executive bourbon steward certification we're talking raw ingredients production history brands, sensory training, and much more. You spend a day getting education for knowledge that you will use for a lifetime. Renee, people want to get involved. How can they do exactly that? Well, you can head over to staventhief.com to register for a class today. 
Steve, give everyone five good reasons to go to the 2019 New Orleans Bourbon Festival. Absolutely, Renee. I got this. Number one is bourbon celebrities. No event out there offers you more one-on-one time with your favorite people from the industry. Second one is education. The classes that they offer are no joke. You learn a lot from the educational seminars at the New Orleans Bourbon Festival. The third thing is bourbon itself. Let's not forget why we're there. You get unlimited pours from like 150 different offerings, I think. Tracy said last year, we're talking different bourbons from, I don't know, 40 different, 50 different distilleries. It's amazing. So that's really cool. And there's even food from the city of New Orleans. So if you like New Orleans, you'll get an opportunity to go out and see the city itself. But when you come to the grand tastings and things like that, those restaurants actually come to you. So you get an opportunity to do that. The fifth and final reason, of course, is the ABV network itself. We're the official podcast of the New Orleans Bourbon Festival. While you're there, you can meet the team, buy merchandise, attend a screening of our new movie, stop by while we're podcasting. Basically, we are all about the New Orleans Bourbon Festival. Renee, I think people want to get involved. How can they do exactly that? head over to neworleansbourbonfestival.com to get your tickets today. We'll see you there. Welcome back to Bonded and Bourbon. Armand and Samara here about to dive into our tasting of David Nicholson. 1843. But first, babe, won't you tell everybody a little bit about it? So David Nicholson was a grocer, a grocer. He owned a grocery store um, in St. Louis. And so in 1843, he uh, created this uh, recipe for bourbon and it's a weeded bourbon. They do not have the exact mash bill though. But um, he is the creator of David Nicholson 1843 bourbon. Um, and I think, so he created this out of St. Louis, like we said, um, Julian Pappy Van Winkle and William LaRue Weller got involved in the brand about 50 years after, uh, Mr. Nicholson created this special recipe for his whiskey. And they were the ones who helped to really get it, uh, going and the brand established, um, and getting it produced. So it actually lived underneath the Van Winkle portfolio um, up until about 2000, which is when Luxco bought the company back to, to St. Louis to be bottled um, underneath that company. Um, so it is, you know, produced by Luxco now. Um, it is, there is no age statement on this. It is 100 proof. And yeah, let's give it a shot. Let's see what the original David Nicholson, um, original 43 recipe was about. All right. Well, let's dive on in. Let's start out, start out as usual with appearance. So what'd you think, babe? Well, you know, the appearance is a, you know, it's a golden color. We've got the bottle here, um, nice dark golden color. And um, it's, you know, the label on this bottle looks... um, I don't know. What would you say? Like, it just looks. I like the label. I think it's large. It's informative. Yeah. And so, you know, um, when I first met Armand, Armand did try and impress me with his vintage bottle of David Nicholson, 1843, that he's had since from his, was it from your granddad? No. I mean, my dad probably brought it to me when I was in college and I've just, 
had it and kept. So it's probably twenty years old. Yeah, and so the the bottle has changed since that was twenty years. It was over twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. So the bottling has changed, and I have to say the appearance of this bottle, which is much taller and longer, it definitely fits into a well um, and has a label on it, but. I really do enjoy the vintage. The vintage bottle? The vintage bottle of nice. David Nicholson a lot better than I do this. Um, what do you think about your... It's got a little... Here? So the vintage bottle's got a little bit more color in it. This bottle mm-hmm. is pretty much black and gold. It's black and white. Uh, yeah. And white. Uh, and the the vintage bottle has some green in it mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I like, the, I like the label. It's informative. Um, it talks about a little, it gives you a little bit, it talks about the original 43 recipe. Right. Um, and that, you know, that David Nicholson came up with. So I, I like the, I like the label. I, I, and as far as the juice, I think it's a, it's a medium color. Mm-hmm. Um, the legs are a little thinner in the glass, yep. uh, the, especially for a hundred proof, uh, a little thinner, but just a medium in that right, kind of right down the middle. Yeah. In terms of in terms of the color, the appearance, and so I thought that was pretty good. Uh, on the nose, I got some creamy notes, a little bit of that, and some light grains. So definitely got the wheat, but it's kind of faint. Yeah. Um. Not much. Uh. Not a whole lot else. Right. Uh. Got some. Uh, you know, a little bit of corn. Um, but really the, the, the thing that kind of, I guess, stood out the most to me was the cream, like kind of like a cream of wheat almost. Yeah. Like okay. A, I didn't get that. Like a type of, like a type of scent on the nose. What about you? Well, so I totally agree with you. Um, you know, the first thing that I wrote was you can't really pick up a scent on this. Um, and it was almost like, uh, a little too much vapors, mm-hmm. kind of. Bring, you know, I have a nose hair problem, so it kind of burned mm-hmm. them a little bit. Um, so, <laughs> you have to laugh, babe. I have to I, laugh. Like, I'm okay I with it. Laugh. You have to be okay with it too. As my partner, you have to be okay with my nose hair problem. <laughs> Anyways, um, so what I did with this one though is we um got a couple different samples of uh nosing glasses this week because we're trying to pick up these um we're trying to give um, a membership glass that goes along with the Black Bourbon Society membership levels. Um and so I I had to in order for me to really pick up notes on this, I had to use different glasses. Um, and so out of the Glencairn, I couldn't really get anything, but when I did use a neat glass, I was able to pick up a few more notes. Um, so I picked up a faint hint, faint of roasted peanuts. Um, and then I also kind of got some of that, I think you said creaminess, like a burnt butter mm-hmm. note in there. Um, but that was pretty much it. I just really couldn't really identify anything else. Um, on the taste, I will say I definitely got that graininess that you uh, knows. I said it was heavy corn, um, cream, and um, towards the end, it started, and I got chocolate. I got milk chocolate on this. Interesting. Yeah. So I and and then I and I wrote it down here because you know when you start to say chocolate and a little bit of the peanuts and the on um, the corn and the cream i have to now ask myself is this what crunch and munch tastes like <laughs> cuz you still <laughs> still don't know what crunch and you munch still don't know what crunch and munch tastes like drive walk past it every time you go in the store 
Um, but no, but that's what I got on the on the taste. Um, it's but it's really light and it had that sweet chocolate flavor to it. What about for you on the taste? So for me, I actually got I got a very different very different taste on it. Uh, for me, it was not very sweet. Um, I didn't get very much corn. It was more of a drier taste. It was kind of bold. Mm-hmm. Um, still a little smooth as it passes back on the palate, but definitely bolder. I would say it was more woodsy than fruity mm-hmm. um, as you know, different flavor profiles go. Um, so it was more of a, of a, of a pine, a um, little bit of oak, Yeah, you know, but no, I didn't get any, you know, of the fruit notes. And um, although it was creamy on the nose, it was drier on the palate. Yeah. For me. Um, in terms of the mouthfeel, I thought it had a good feel. Um, good coating, good coverage. Uh, and I thought that was probably a uh, very appealing, appealing aspect of it. You right. know, so it was a tip, you know, what you would expect from a 100 proof a 100 proof bourbon what about you on the mouthfeel i agree i think the mouthfeel was the best part of this bourbon for me it does mm. have a really good coating it's medium thick um it definitely um and i think it's the part of that creamy buttery buttery feeling that we have it's just got some t- sort of texture to it so i really did enjoy the mouthfeel on this um but with the finish i definitely got that pine and the white pepper on the finish um and but it lingered a little too long for me hmm. it had a really long finish that spice from i i, th- I thought it was right it could be more from the wheat or um, for from the wood notes on it but it just was it was too spicy for me really it too real, spicy it was too peppery too spicy okay and it was just too long it took a long time for it to go away so then i could dive right back in and you know continue doing my tasting Hmm. So on the finish for me, I thought it was medium length, which is what I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get a Kentucky hug on it. Uh, but what I didn't get was I got like no flavor whatsoever right. on the finish. Um, and so that was kind of interesting. Um, usually you're going to get something, you know, yeah. on a, uh, and it just, it was, even though it stayed with me for a medium length of time, uh, I didn't really taste anything. I just felt the Kentucky hug. So I just felt the warm. Right. So um, that certainly, I, I usually like to get some type of, you know, reminder, some type of finishing note that I can pick up. It may be a creaminess. It may be a, uh, a vanilla. It may be a cinnamon. It may be a, you know, an, an oaky, an oakiness or something. Mm-hmm. But, but I didn't get anything on the finish other than, just a night, you know, the, the medium length, warm kind of hug. So, you know, it, it, I thought it was it was okay. It was okay. It was just okay. Yeah. So, um, but with all that in mind, I did add up and I did come up with a total aggregate score. Did you? Yeah, I actually I have my scores written. I just have to add them up really quickly. All right. Well, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, and we're going to add up these scores when we come back on the other side we will give our uh, scores and rating for David Nicholson 1843 stay tuned this is Bonded in Bourbon Steve 
Steve, what's the inspiration for your new book, The Story of 10 Classic Bourbon Cocktails? Well, I love everything bourbon, and I tend to read anything I can about the subject. I noticed that many of the articles on classic bourbon cocktails talked about how little is known about the history of these famous drinks. I decided to jump in and start researching the topic. I found it to be a fun adventure, and I think listeners will enjoy this light read. Best of all, my fellow St. Louisan, Jackie Zykan, wrote the forward for me. Steve, I know I want to get a copy of this book. Where is it available? Well, Renee, you can pick it up at your local bookstore, or you can simply head over to Amazon.com and order The Story of 10 Classic Bourbon Cocktails. Welcome back to Bonded and Bourbon. Armand and Samara just finished our notes on David Nicholson, 1843. About to dive into our scores and our rating. So, babe, why don't you go ahead and start it off with your score for appearance? Well, you know, the appearance, I actually gave it an eight on the appearance, and that's because um, this is an iconic brand. I still really do love the um, vintage label. Though, mm-hmm. in the vintage bottling on this. If it was the vintage, what would you have given that? I would have probably given it a 10. Okay. But, yeah. um, you know, it fits in the well easily. It's very identifiable. Um, and it's a consistent brand that's been around for a really long time. So I give it an 8. What about you? I gave it a 7. Um, I thought that the color was right middle of the road. The bottle, in terms of design, is right in the middle of the road. Uh, I thought the label was pretty decent. Uh, is maybe in terms of you know information, uh, and but certainly I agree with your assessment in terms of the uh, the vintage label is a l- little more appealing aesthetically. And mm-hmm. so I gave it a seven on the appearance. On the nose, I gave it a six mm-hmm. uh, on the nose. You know, I did get the creamy, like the creamy wheat, you know, cre- you know, kind of profile, but it was, it wasn't very bold uh, and I didn't get much else. Right. And so um, that was how I ended up with a six on it. What about you for the, for the nose? I gave it a five. Okay. And I, it's just, um, it was just so faint. And mm-hmm. the fact that, I mean, we went through, I went through you know, three different sorts of glasses, three sorts of uh, nose and glasses, really trying to pick up something. And we could only really come up with two identifiable notes on it. Um, so I thought it was really lacking um, with character on the nose. So I gave it a five. On the taste, I was able to pick up a little bit more, um, but I still gave it a six for the taste. And again, I think it's because we got the creamy nose, we got a little bit of the chocolate, um, you picked up some pine, but there really wasn't much depth as far as like floral or fruit notes. It just wasn't bold and complex. Um, so I thought it was very, um, very, very simple, subtle tasting mm-hmm. note on it. So I gave it a six. What do you think? I, I gave it a seven on the taste. Uh, I agree with what you said. The I, I, reason why I probably gave it a seven rather than like a six or a five was I did find that it was pretty smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, which sometimes you get a hundred proof whiskey that is not, right. uh, not as smooth. So I did find it was pretty smooth, but I agree that, it, you know, it was, there, there was a wood, there were the wood notes there, but I didn't get as much of the floral notes or as much of the fruit notes 
or any uh, any of those. And so for that reason, I only gave it a seven uh, for the taste. For the mouthfeel, I did also give it a seven. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a good feel. It was a decent coating, different. I mean, a a, a, a good coverage, um, but just again, kind of middle of the road. Yeah, middle of the road. So um, for me, it was a seven on the mouthfeel as well. What about you? Um, I also gave it a seven, and for like I said earlier, I think it was the best part of the experience was the mouthfeel, was the texture. Mm-hmm. Um, the nose didn't really stand out. The taste was just there, but the mouthfeel was great. And you're right. It, it was a smooth bourbon. Um, so yep. Seven on the mouthfeel. And then I did wrap it up though with a five on the finish. Okay. And that's just because again, it just, that, that pepper, alcohol, vapor, pepper. I don't know what it is. It just stung for way too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a pleasant finish for me. What about you? I gave it a seven on the finish. Um, I didn't like the fact that I didn't get really any flavor yeah. or any notes on the finish. I did like the length. For me, it was a nice medium length. It was right about where I like for the finish to be in terms of how long it lasts. And I did get my hug, my Kentucky hug, and my warmth, but there's just nothing there other than the warmth. So I gave it a seven because I liked. I did like the length of the finish. And I do like the and I do like the Kentucky hug, but I couldn't give it anything higher than that because I really got no other notes, no other flavor notes on it uh, from from the finish. And mm-hmm. so um, when I looked at that, I looked at all the rest of the categories. I added my scores up. I came up with a thirty four. OK. What about you? Thirty one. Thirty one. So we put those two together. We are at what? Sixty five. Sixty five. Sixty five. So. Not bad for a $30 bourbon. I think you added those extra points because it's from St. Louis. (laughs) I have known of David Nicholson for my entire life. and did not give bonus points for it being from St. Louis. (laughs) My tasting notes are independent. They're non-biased. They're independent. Okay. So <laughs> that's what I tasted. It. That's what I scored it. So okay, okay. I thought it was. I, I thought it was decent. You know what I mean? Like I said, it's thirty, it's 30 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, especially if you do like um, that kind of weeded. If you like weeds, you probably will enjoy it. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a little less expensive than a lot of the weeds on the market. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so um, I think it's a good, uh, it's a good sipper. Yeah. If that's what you, if that's what you enjoy, you know. Yeah. So, sixty-five for David Nicholson, eighteen forty-three. Okay. What's All next? Right. All right. So, wrapping up. Got any housekeeping items for everybody? Um. Let's see. I don't know. Give us a stat. What we got going on in a couple of weeks? Um. Uh, what day is it? It's <laughs> almost February 1st. So what you got going to Chicago? Yeah, we're going to Chicago for the Causing Easter Gala. That's on the 17th of February. Um, other than that, I think we're just kind of keeping our head down. Oh, uh, uh, you know you know where I'm going? Where are you going? I can tell you guys that next week. I'm going to Facebook next week. You're going next week? I'm going, yeah. I'm going well, to then Facebook. definitely tell everybody about that. 
Yeah, so uh, we got selected. Uh, Black Bourbon Society has our private membership group that everyone is welcome to join um, on Facebook. And uh, we've been selected for a community summit, for a community uh, leadership summit. So it's all of the community leaders who have like private Facebook groups, um, these um, from across the, from around the world. Um, we all had to apply and interview uh, talking about the um, Facebook group communities that we've created and the mission and how we impact the world and all of that fun stuff. And um, I was selected to go to Facebook headquarters um, and learn a little bit more about how to use the platform and also kind of just be able to connect with other uh, Facebook community groups that are doing amazing things um, and kind of learn some tricks of the trade. How can we get better at what we do? How can we use social media to continue to engage online, but also offline and in person? So, um, yeah, I'm headed there next week. Well, that sounds like a tremendous experience. And certainly it's a great thing for uh, for BBS and for BIB yeah. um, for you to be representing there. And, you know, I'm proud of you. So Yay. Um, thank you. Look forward to hearing all about that. Uh, and last thing uh, before we before we take our leave is, you know, remind you guys that we are down now to the last last couple of weeks to grab your bottle. Oh, yeah. We are literally down to the last six cases of this barrel. Um, our, our Black Bourbon Society Makers Mark Private Barrel Select. Six cases left. Please get your bottle. Please do not call us begging for a bottle in the next month. Because once it's gone, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> once it's gone, it's gone. So um, especially now, like everyone has their new tasting glasses and we've got the memberships going and all of that, like, just grab the bottle. If you only have one, grab another one because again, limited edition. Once this is once once we get it bottled from Kentucky and shipped here to Atlanta, that's it. It's a wrap. Yep. Yep. So all right, babe. We'll tell everybody how they can get in touch with us. We are on Instagram at Bonded and Bourbon Podcast. You can also go onto our website, bottled Bonded and Bourbon. Um, for previous episodes and just to find out more about Armand and I also um, be sure to give us a five-star review leave us a comment we really enjoy all of the lovely feedback that you give us Um, give us some suggestions and um, yeah thank you so much for you know listening and tuning in subscribing to us Um, tell your friends thanks so much you know what I heard can I just say something sure um I, I don't think I said this on the last show, but when I went to San Antonio Cocktail Conference, um, a good friend of mine said, I don't know anything about bourbon, but I just love the chemistry between Armand and, and me. And she's like, you guys just make everything sound amazing. And I love the fact that you guys can disagree, but still love each other towards the end of the show. So I thought that that was super sweet. Well... You know, we love bourbon. We love whiskey. It's certainly not worth fighting over. No. <laughs> so <laughs> we have we we can have a healthy debate and have a healthy right. discussion, uh, but always you know always enjoy the, the the enjoyment is in the uniqueness and, and the diversity of the tasting experience. Right. So yeah, uh, we'll continue to do that. Uh, we appreciate you guys who tune in every week. 
uh, and check us out. We appreciate all your support. And we will be back next week on Tuesday. On our regular schedule. On regular, regu- regular scheduled time, uh, date and time uh, for with another episode. And we haven't decided what we're going to do next week. But, I know what we're going to do next week. Well, we'll keep that a secret then because I don't know yet. So you'll, you'll let me know and mm-hmm. I'll make sure to get my notes together. But in the meantime, yeah. you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Super Bowl coming up this weekend. Hope you guys are sipping some good stuff on Sunday. Uh, and uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. This has been Bonded in Bourbon. Armand, why would someone be interested in a still from Moonshine Still Pro? Well, there are those that want distilled water, and the stills from Moonshine Distill Pro certainly can do that. Others like the idea of a still in their man cave or she shed. I mean, is it really complete without one? Finally, there are those that are trying to tap into the rebellious American spirit, like was exemplified during the Prohibition era, as people gathered to connect and share a drink. No matter what your personal need for a still is, Moonshine Still Pro has a still that suits it, and they have parts that you can't find at your local hardware store if you're trying to build your own. I think people want to know more. Where do they need to go? You can find Moonshine Still Pro at www.moonshinestillpro.com. They also have a secret insider site, www.knock3times.com, with the number three, where they often have discount codes and other secret insider content. Bonded in Bourbon is part of the ABV Network. For more information or to advertise on the show, please log on to abvnetwork.com. Bonded in Bourbon is created by Bowen Zell Productions.